Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today for uh, our next edition of our podcast. One of the things that has happened with our podcast has been the extension and sort of the downlining of each one of the podcasts. I was recently at a church where um, I spoke on leadership. The pastor there had taken my lesson on an up-close uh, look at a call and had taught that to his young people. When he taught that to his young people, he had a, a, a really amazing response of young people who had responded to uh, the fact that they felt there was a call on their life into full-time ministry. He set about creating uh, sort of a plan, a template of developing them in their leadership journey and their ministry call uh, as uh, they were sitting under him. And one of the things that he asked them to do was to listen to the podcast. And then they were to write just uh, a couple of paragraphs about what they had learned, and that would be the basis of their discussion. When I heard that, I thought, wow, pretty amazing that there's a group of kids, young kids, kids under the age of 20, who are now listening to the podcast, and that they're using this as their foundation stone of being introduced to Christian leadership. So I said all that to you for this reason. Uh, today, I'm going to take a little bit different approach to uh, the podcast. The past podcast, I've spent a lot of time just talking about uh, sort of bullet point issues, principles, line upon line a little bit, but I really haven't done so through the context of uh, really uh, expounding it from a biblical basis. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to do that. I'm going to take a passage of scripture and I'm just going to sort of uh, jump into it so that we can um, begin to see uh, what it might tell us about leadership. So today I want to take a moment and I want to talk to you about leadership in two words. Two words that are used throughout the New Testament to describe leadership. Two words. Think about it. Think about all the books that have been written. Think about all of the articles that have been sent out. And think about reducing leadership to two words. What an amazing feat. Well, that's what the Apostle Paul did in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 1 and 2, he says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. In that one verse, he uses two words to define to people what leadership is. He's defining it. Two simple words. He uses the word servant and he uses the word steward. Two biblical words that are used frequently, a servant of God, a steward of God. Now, these two words define what Christian leadership is. See, the term servant tells us the attitude of a leader. And the steward shows us the actions of a leader. So what did Paul do? He began to talk to us about the attitude. That's a servant. He talked to us about the actions. That's a steward. As a leader, you lead on the inside with your attitude. You lead on the outside with your actions. What Paul did was he said, to lead, you've got to be a servant. 
that's your heart. To lead requires that you be a steward. Those are your habits. So Paul, in two simple words, began to define for us what leadership is. That as a servant, you display an attitude which is reflective of your heart. As a steward, you have actions that are reflective of your habit. Two simple words. See, to be a servant leader means that the leader is more than obedient. He's just not doing something. He is willing. Why? Because as a servant, there's a willingness portion. You've got to be able to have it on the inside. So it's more than just saying, hey, I'm doing stuff. It's more than doing a lot of things. It's doing them with the right heart. But to be a steward means that you're more than generous and uh, for sure more than greedy. Why? Because stewards see the big picture. They understand who is in control. So in two words, Paul has described the parameters and the boundaries of leadership. Leaders are servants. They have the right heart. Leaders are stewards. They develop the right habits. Leaders have an inside part. That is their heart. Leaders have an outside part as stewards, and that is their habits. So these two words are the basis of describing leadership. Now, he goes on and he really drills down into this concept of leadership. With those uh, parameters, with those boundaries he set up of a, a servant being your heart and a steward being your habit, your attitude and your actions, he begins to show how that lives out. And so in 1 Corinthians 4, 3, he says, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you. Very interesting thing. One of the things that he's saying is, is that leaders live with scrutiny. They live with the scrutiny of other people. Other people are looking at leaders all the time. And as they look at them, they're making judgments. The most simple judgment is, do I follow them? Do I not follow them? Should I follow them? Should I not follow them? What is Paul saying? The kind of person who should be followed. The kind of person that when people look at and they make judgments about should be someone who has a servant's heart and a steward's habits. He begins to describe that. See, people watch leaders. They watch them more than leaders want to admit. They observe everything that a leader does. And what Paul was saying is, is that ultimately a leader is an example. He's an example with his heart. And he's an example with his habit, or she is an example with her heart, or she is an example with her habits. So, as a leader, what others think of our lives, what we think our lives, and what God thinks about our lives. All three of those come into play. What others think about our lives. Do they see us as credible? Do they see us as viable leaders? What we think about our lives. Are we really developing that heartbeat that we need, those habits that we need to possess, and what God says about our lives? That he looks at us and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Why? Paul's showing that if you're going to be a leader, 
you're going to live it out. The way you're going to live it out is leaders can can, uh, stand up to the test of scrutiny. It's not only that, but then he goes and he gets a little bit specific. In verses 6 and 7, he says that none of you be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? So when he started off, he said leaders have got to survive scrutiny. But now he's talking about leaders have to survive a couple of real tests. See, one of the danger zones for leaders is that there are two deadly things that can get any leader. The first one is that they be puffed up. Pride. This is where you take yourself too seriously. This is where you look at what you've done and you sort of say, look at what I've done. Instead of saying, look at what God's done. And so one of the things he says about the heartbeat of leadership is that biblical leaders understand that they have some diseases that they're prone to. It's easy when you've done a good job to think I've done a good job. It's easy when things went well to think, well, things went well, but they went well because of me. And so pride puts us in a position where we start exalting ourselves. And for a leader, that is deadly. That is deadly. That is a disease that when pride begins to get in, it is a distorting factor in any leader's life. But then he goes on and he not only talks about uh, pride, but then he talks about self-pity. And, and he talks about how on one end we can exalt ourselves and be puffed up. And then on the other end, we can look and say, man, why did this other person seem to have this and I don't? Why do they seem to do so good and I seem to have so many challenges? And so Paul was illustrating that in life, there's some challenges. One of them is the pride factor and the other is the self-pity factor. But the interesting thing is that both of these get your eyes on you. Pride about how good you're doing, self-pity about how bad you're doing. And both of them are crippling diseases because they began to focus our attention off God and on us. Now, with that being said, what the Apostle Paul does is he walks through a series of thoughts. And he walks through how a leader really, really lives out his life as a servant, having the right heart, and then as a steward, having the right habit. And so we're going to jump down to verse 14. He says, I write not these things to shame you, but as beloved sons, I warn you. Notice that phrase, beloved sons. He wasn't just talking about a positional relationship. He was talking about people he loved. And so one of the things that that Paul demonstrates in his leadership journey is there has to be a genuine love for other people. You've got to love them. You've got to care for them. You've got to hurt for them. In the Bible, it talks about in Hebrews chapter 4 how that Jesus was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. What that means is, is he felt it. And in a leadership journey, all of us feel it. That if you really have the heartbeat that God wants you to have, 
You care about the people that you lead. You care passionately about the people you lead. And you want the best for the people you lead. And as a result of all of those things, you love people. And the gift that we give people is we give them our heart. We love them. Beloved sons, we care about them. And it's a principle that I've espoused so many times before. It goes like this. You can't change your heart without giving your heart. It's John Maxwell who said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I believe that. I believe that we always lead with our hearts before we lead with our actions. In fact, I believe that many times leaders are rejected because they want to lead as stewards overseeing without servants leading with their heart. And so as a leader, he says one of the keys to getting leadership right is to love people, just to care about them. Now, I think we all need to do an inventory. And I think maybe that's going to involve just a few minutes where we just say, God, um, give me a peek inside. Is there any chance I've grown hardened through problems and challenges? I've grown hardened through circumstances. And I've become indifferent towards people. We've got to love people. The next thing he says in verse 15, he says, For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. An interesting statement. There's a lot of people who want to teach you. But there's very few people who want to take responsibility for you. And what he was saying is, is not only do you love people, but you're committed to people. You're committed to them. See, here's what I know. If someone has a father's heart, they're going to do anything for their kids. They're going to go out of their way. They're going to make sacrifices. They may suffer. They will go through moments of challenge and difficulties because that's their child. And so Paul said that if we're going to get leadership right, we love people, but we're committed to people. I don't know about you, but in your leadership journey, have there been people who've come up to you and said, oh, I'm with you. I love you. I love what you're doing. I love how you're doing it. And I'm going to be with you. And then over a short period of time, you never see them again. Where did they go? Well, they may have had love on the front end, but they didn't have commitment on the back end. And if you're going to lead, you have to have love on the front end and you have to have commitment on the back end. You have to have a father's heart. You have to be willing to be committed to the individuals. And so as a leader, if we're going to lead well, we love people and we're committed to people. But then in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, he says, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Now, I don't know about you, but that's an intimidating verse to me. To look at somebody and say, if you follow my example, you're truly going to be the kind of person God wants you to be. Um, that's pretty uh, intimidating. Wow, I'm very, very aware of my shortcomings. But Paul was saying that as a leader, we're to be an example. And the thing about leaders is, is because we are watched, 
we are followed. And people understand that what they see is really what they're going to do. Um, I tell the story of my son when um, he was playing high-level baseball in high school. There was a hitting coach that he had, and this hitting coach was a remarkable instructor. He knew how to teach hitting, and he, he taught a hitting plane that was just, uh, you know, a high-capacity level skill. Cody uh, would take lessons from him. And if you've never seen batting lessons, there's usually a series of what we call cages. And, and the cages just look like this. It's basically net uh, separating uh, where uh, people are batting and multiple pitchers are throwing. And you can hit the ball and that way it doesn't spray and hit anybody. The instructor was looking at Cody and he said, Cody, uh, I need you to uh, do something that will really help your skill set. And he was talking to him about uh, the timing of his footwork. And he said, Cody, uh, you need to get this right. And I could see that Cody was struggling with it. He wasn't understanding what this guy was saying. But this guy was a great instructor. And so there was a, a, another young man hitting next to Cody. And the instructor just looked at Cody. He said, I just want you to look at him. And the kid had a ball tossed to him and his footwork was perfect. And the instructor looked at Cody and he said, did you see that? Cody said, yeah. He said, I want you to do that. Cody then proceeded to just uh, create this beautiful swing because his feet uh, were in the right position with the right timing. But here's what I want you to see. It wasn't until he had an example that he could do it. See, the body of Christ doesn't suffer from a sermon. We suffer because there's no examples. There aren't people who are doing it. And what Paul's saying, he's saying, if everything else fails, watch how I live my life. Watch what I do. And if you watch what I do, you're going to end up doing the right things. And so as leaders, we have to love the people. As leaders, we have to be committed to the people. As leaders, we have to be an example to the people. But then he says in verse 17, For this cause I sent you uh, Timothy, who is my beloved son, faithful in the Lord, who will bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. We have to be able to teach people. We have to be able to take the complexity of biblical truth and somehow distill it into everyday life. We've got to be able to take the subtleties of what the Bible says about ministry and marriage and somehow take those concepts and distill them to such a level that the person who's busy being married begins to learn and has instruction. You know, one of the things that happens if you start flying a plane is that you start with a single-engine plane and there's an instructor next to you. And then maybe you'll go up uh, with a higher-powered plane, but there'll be an instructor next to you. And then maybe you'll go up to, uh, uh, you know, uh, a dual-engine plane, and there'll be an instructor next to him. See, to get in a plane, you always start with someone who has been there before you. 
so that they can teach you the nuances of the next level. Well, that's what Paul's saying. In life, we have to be able to take uh, concepts of God's biblical truth, and we have to put them in bite sizes so that people can learn. And then in verse 18, he says, Some are puffed up as though I would not come to you. What is he saying? He's talking to them about how he had said that he was going to make a trip to them. He was going to come. And what he was saying is, is that some people are saying, well, he said that, but he's really not going to do that. But Paul teaches us another truth. We have to be honest with people. You know, in life, we have to be transparent. And we have to be honest that we're able to articulate things to people. And, and we do it in such a way that they can uh, hold us to be trustworthy. See, uh, credibility is the currency of leadership. That you've proven that you can be trusted. And the way you've proven is that you're honest. You're able to tell them the truth and tell them that truth in such a way that they trust it. And so Paul's just going through these series of thoughts. Love people, be committed to people, be an example of people, teach people, be honest with people. But then in verse 19, but I will come to you shortly. The last concept is this, give yourself to people. Here's what I know about leadership. Leadership is the ultimate act of giving. You are going to give to other people. And you're going to give to people when people may not be giving back to you. But that's all right. Because your model is Jesus. And he gave even when we weren't giving back to him. And so Paul says, you've got to give yourself. You're going to have to give your time when you feel like you're too busy. You're going to have to give your talents, your abilities, when you feel like you're too tired. And you're going to have to give your treasure, your resources, when you feel like you don't have enough. The nature of leadership is that you give yourself to people. So Paul, in two words, has described leadership. He says, you're a servant, you have the right heart. You're a steward, you have the right habits. And he distills the heart and the habits in these concepts, love people, be committed to people, be an example to people, teach people, be honest with people, and give yourself to people. I hope that this lesson just gives you sort of a biblical basis of um, where leadership comes from. Because as I tell people, um, in the world, you can learn the skills of leadership. But it's in the kingdom that you learn the heart of leadership. The world can teach you what a leader does. But only God can teach you why a leader does what he does. Without the heart, our skills become superficial. So today, what I want to say to you is two words. Be a servant and be a steward. Have the attitude, have the action. Have the heart and have the habits. Well, thank you for taking a few moments and uh, investing in your leadership journey. What I would ask you is, is do you know a handful of people that maybe uh, the instruction would help them? 
that maybe it would um, give them a reference point of being a better leader? If so, could you let them know about the podcast? I have been immensely surprised how the podcasts have gone all over the world to places that I never thought I would ever be able to communicate. But that's because of people like you who've gone out of your way to promote them. So that being said, thank you so much for taking a few moments. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks when we're doing our next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.